The Stories This Moment podcast is brought to you by TNC Network. TNC offers content and media that informs, helps, heals, educates, as well as inspires. TNC.network. News you can use. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stories This Moment podcast. I am your host, Rod Washington, and today we continue to talk with Mike Sleva about race and race relations. This is episode two of a two-part series about race and race relations. Yes, I am talking with Mike Sleva, and as I mentioned to you before, Mike is a former educator. He was a teacher for 12 years. Also, he's an advocate for social justice and the environment. Mike also lives in an intentional community in Cliff, New Mexico. So we have no control over the sounds you hear in the background during the conversation. Join us as we continue our conversation about race and race relations. Do you think that's because people don't, they're raised in a culture that just, they just don't know how to deal with something that they perceive as radically different than them? I think you know, that's something a culture in someone you <laughs> they uh, they feel they have to or they go think it's by, something else they built their own self barometer on how to deal with another race which that barometer mm-hmm. is not true because you're going exactly. based on stereotypes <laughs> we'll see you later if you've never met a black person before and you've only seen them on television mm-hmm. uh, the best way to go about it is to talk to them like you would your neighbor down the street don't try to do something you don't understand, like a fist pump or a right. high five. Just, yeah, uh, I mean, which is obviously a, an argument for diversity because we're still a very separate culture. So, yes, you know, black folks, you can't escape white culture. No. Because it's 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 everywhere. And, you know, white folks can can easily escape black culture. They yeah. can just turn the channel. They can, you know, not particularly go stay out of a particular segment of town, whatever they yeah. choose to do. So yes. I think that that's caught up with us in, in just the basic everyday interactions, like, you know, at uh, a grocery store to bank. <laughs> yeah. We moved to a mm-hmm. town where it was mixed. Well, it was mostly white when I moved there, but by the time I turned eight years old, it was a mixed city. And yeah. most of my friends were either white, Latin, Samoan or Pacific Islander mm-hmm. or Asian. Not too many totally black friends there. It was like, it was all mixed. And right. moving here, they, they assume that I didn't have any relations with anybody else for because they go by what they've seen on television or Long Beach and other towns. Right. It's just uh, it's, it's all black and I have no relationships with white people whatsoever. They don't realize that Long Beach is a town of hundreds of thousands of people and they're right. not all black. <laughs> so I go back to this situation that I was in when I first started working for the retail company Best Buy, and it was a computer super. Well, he was before he was a computer supervisor. It was when he was inventory. He was the inventory senior. Took me home one day because my truck in the repair shop, and right. he was gonna. He was taking me south, and he was going. So I was like, "Where are you taking me, man?" He goes like, oh, "Don't you live in South Phoenix?" And no, head north. I live on the north side near where the one hundred one's coming in, and he was shocked that I lived in a a nice house Mm -hmm. uh, on the north side of town and not in the hood on the south side of town. Right. 
And okay. that, that's the first, that, that was the first assumption I got. <laughs> Somebody assumed that I just lived around black. That, that's all I lived around. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and the idea that, you know, um, and I've, I've had, I had actually had a colleague that anytime they would talk about a particular part of town that they didn't like, they would, or, or, or just not even town, they would just in general, if it was something negative, they would say it was, and this is an adult, <laughs> they would say it was ghetto. Um, and that, that's so ghetto. Um, and, that's the other and so time. I asked this person, I said, have you been in a ghetto? Like what you consider to be a ghetto? Have you been to something where you, or lived in something where you're what you think you're describing? Um, and why are you describing it as that? And what is the connotation with that? And, you know, and the type of people you think um, are ghetto. <laughs> and you're a teacher. <laughs> it's just an interesting, you know, it was like the same terms getting thrown around. I, I had colleagues early in my career that would say, you know, just like the students would say that something they didn't like, they would say that's gay. Um, and then the connotation that went with uh, a, another particular group of people that uh, in most cases they knew little to nothing yeah. about. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Again, you know, teachers, you know. And then this another thought I had was I've sat down and ate dinner with a lot of families in my lifetime that wasn't my mm-hmm. own because, you know, you visit friends and you, and you, and they sure. like dinner and white, black, Asian, but, and these are middle-class, these are low-income, and other, there were some aspects of cultural differences in some of them. Each house was like sitting down with the same family. It was, it mm-hmm. was, uh, it was not too much difference between, between the way they sat down and ate and the way next family sat down and ate. They would sit down, you you either do it buffet style and go up to the counter and get your food, or you uh, they'll, they'll have right. like you had yeah. at your house where you pass the thing around. That's and that's coming in. Right. That's coming through the years. I've gone through that so many times. There was no real significant difference other than little cultural things that happened. Sure, that was different from the other. It seems it seems simple enough, but yeah. we we make it really complex. I like learning from different people, learning about different ways they live and, and things like that. To me, sitting down at those tables, it was just familiar. But I tell you, one time a friend of mine, he said he went to a friend's house and they didn't know how to react to him. <laughs> he was black. They served him uh, fried chicken and watermelon. Mm-hmm. Many people, um, yeah. many, many white folks, um, and again, I think, again, it comes back to this um, idea of, I think even if you're, you know, not in quote unquote in the, the woke realm of, of, of the world that you're, um, you're, you're just, you know, uh, middle class, whatever you are, but you're, 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 you're kind of just not paying attention to the, the social justice realm of things. It's one of those things where we just it's much easier to pay lip service to things. Um, go with a stereotype, for example, or if, it, if you are a person that's quote unquote woke, talk about the stereotype in general and, you know, and have the conversation, which is fine. But then, you know, like it seems it stops there. We don't actually ever go to the root. So the people that just kind of brush it over and they're like, what, you don't eat chicken or watermelon? And they get offended because you're offended. 
um, those types of folks, all the way to the folks who um, who believe that you know that they're socially conscious and they're bringing up um, the flaws in that thinking. But again, they're bringing up the flaws in that thinking. But what is the bottom line root of those things? And I don't have the answer to that, but it seems like it stops there. Like we just have the conversations and those conversations sometimes, but rarely become policy or rarely become any sort of social movement. Um, it, 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 it just becomes um, a tagline, a talking point, a book, a made for TV movie. Um, and then we're still doing the same shit over and over, but just using dis- different terms nowadays is yes. kind of how I see it. There was a new holiday just signed into law now, Juneteenth. Thank Uh, you, Donald Trump, for bringing that to our attention, popularizing Juneteenth. Okay. Opposite of what is popularly believed that Donald Trump was the one who came up with the observance of (laughs) Juneteenth. Juneteenth has been celebrated by African-Americans for almost a couple of centuries now. Right. right. Uh, it, is, uh, it is celebrating emancipation. A, a state like Texas got it at the last moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we celebrate what we have achieved as a people since we were emancipated. And uh, it has been celebrated in various ways. There wasn't one way to celebrate it. I think the only thing I have, it's called, it has independence in there. That, and for some reason, when it says independence, mm-hmm. it, it has a finality to it. Right. So, in other words, you're telling people that, okay, we, we recognize Juneteenth, racism's over. And that's yeah, you're I'm independent, re- so now it's, uh, we're, yeah. we're done with this. Sort of like so, the civil rights movement. Civil yeah. rights just don't end with the movement. <laughs> no. Uh, apparently, we still need to, to keep the movement going because... Yeah, but that's the thinking, Rod. I mean, that's where, we're, you know, it's the same thing happened when we elected Obama. You know, and we it's were over. Racism's over. America. <laughs> and it's that there's no nuance. No. Um, and that's obviously an extreme example. Um, and it's easy for me in particular to you know, point out the flaws on uh, generally the right because it's so extreme and it's so blatant and there's very little gray. And rightly so, there's a lot of people doing that. What I would like to see also is I would like to see the left sort of self-inquire and self-reflect into what is terribly wrong within its own thinking. Um, just because, let's say, we, we get everybody in the world to think um, like progressive liberals or Democrats, and, and let's just say by some sort of whatever you want to call it, massive miracle paradigm shift. I wouldn't call it a miracle because a miracle implies it's good, but yes. you know, there's this shift in thinking yeah. that we all think like um, Democrats or progressives or liberals or whatever way you kind of look at those things and the nuances in between them. The bottom line is, um, whether you're on the right or the left in, in this particular country, you still generally believe in the military and industrial complex, and you generally believe in paying taxes because you are paying taxes towards it. Yes. Um, you generally believe in capitalism because you're propping up capitalism. Yeah, you, um, yeah. And so you um, and you believe in war crimes because every pretty much president we have, if you really looked at what they've done in other countries by overthrowing leaders, creating civil unrest, 
Um, there's war crimes all over the place. So we support those things. So the, really, if you look at the bottom, bottom line between the right and the left, the core thing we just all take for granted are the same things. It's the same foundational thing that holds up the terror that is the United States to a lot of people who um, are poor and living outside of it. And even for the people who are in it, um, who are marginalized. Yeah. And so I think what the left tends to generally do in, is they do the same thing the right tries to do is they just try to eliminate that particular side without doing any sort of self-inquiry and self-investigation into the enormous flaws in thinking on your own side and within your own self. I would like to thank you for listening to the Stories This Moment podcast. And I would also like to thank our guest, Mike Sleva, for giving us the time and the conversation. Join us next time on Stories This Moment. I will talk to you about upcoming projects and other great things ahead for Stories This Moment and also for the TNC Network. We will also talk to you about Cactus Picks Productions and a new web series coming up. TNC is a group of bloggers with the collective goal of providing content and media that informs, helps, heals, educates, as well as inspires. We are not a source of hard news or partisan political commentary. We cover a personal side of the news, offering insight into hobbies, food and drink, guy, pop culture events, indie films and entertainment, science and technology, community service and social justice, travel, and also leisure. TNC offers hundreds of informative videos. Please visit us at tnc.network. And please subscribe to our newsletter. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. TNC, news you can use. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next time on the Stories This Moment podcast. Bye-bye.